Let's pray. God, you're so good. Just do today what you want to do. I ask for open hearts to receive your words. And I ask that your heart, that you help me communicate your heart. And that we leave changed. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, buckle up. I have a lot. I have a lot. I sort of was kind of talking with God and I was like, this needs to be like a four-part sermon, um, you know, in-depth into all of these things. And he was like, nope, I want you to do it in an overview. Um, so get your pen and paper out. Um, or I have notes. I am more than happy to make copies of them afterwards because I'm going to ask you to dig into these things on your own um, in the coming weeks, Okay. There's just a lot here, but I'm going to try and do a, a, a high-level uh, run through this because it's it's vital. It's important. It, this has been burning in my spirit for weeks, weeks. And there was, I mean, I texted Melissa yesterday, and I just said, I don't know what's wrong with me. Like, I have this word, and I know I have this word, and I just can't get it. And I just, I felt off since Thursday, like, you know, you know, and, and you go through the like, well, everything's going good, and I'm not, you know, it's the wrong time of the month. I'm, I'm happy. I don't know. I, right? Like you go through this mental, like, what is going on? I said, there. I think it's got to be warfare. And, and she said, yes, I feel the same way. And um, then I texted Melissa and, and Marianne last night and said, hey, pray for me. <laughs> Actually, somebody sent a funny meme, and then I responded to the funny meme, like, you know, serious. <laughs> I need you to pray. Right? Because this needs to come forth. And I know it's God, because I didn't tell anybody the scripture I was leading with, and we sang the song out of Isaiah. So let's go there first, right? The very first place we're going to go is Isaiah 6, 1 through 8. And I'm going to read it quickly. In the year of King Uzziah's death, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, lofty and exalted, with the train of his robe filling the temple. Seraphim stood above him, each having six wings. With two he covered his face, and with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one called out to the other and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations of the thresholds trembled at the voice of him who called out while the temple was filling with smoke. Then I said, Woe is me, for I am ruined. Because I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the king the Lord of hosts. Isaiah was ruined for anything else because he had seen the king. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a burning coal in his hand, which he had taken from the altar with tongs. He touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips, and your iniquity is taken away, and your sin is forgiven. Then I heard the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Then I said, here 
am I? Send me. I could preach a sermon on that alone. I've been, I, I read a book uh, lately, it's Jennifer's book recommendation time here, called Brazen. It's by Sean Foyt, who's the one who's been doing the worship, let us worship um, rallies. And um, I bought it, I read it in two days. It's phenomenal. But he references this scripture and he says, the entire nation was in turmoil in the scripture because their great king had tragically died, ushering in a season of mourning, pain, and uncertainty. Isaiah, however, pressed in deeper to find the greater reality of what was going on. He was not content with the narrative of loss and uncertainty he needed to see from a kingdom perspective. The church, the whole church, you, me, the people down the street, the people across town, the church is commissioned and called to carry the kingdom perspective. Jesus taught us to pray that. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Melissa had us say the Our Father a couple weeks ago. So how do we do that? Like, I feel that in deep inside of me that I'm called to carry the kingdom perspective. That I'm called, there is chaos swirling. I don't know if you're aware. I can't, I can't. I mean, it affects me, and then I, I just, it's like a, it's like a veil. <laughs> There's something deeper. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know who's going to be president. I don't know. But it doesn't matter. Because there's something happening in the spirit that's here on earth, right? We live in a natural world, but there's also a spirit realm here, and it's happening. Um, Evelyn's wearing her shirt today. It says, Aslan is on the move. You know, our family were giant fans of the Chronicles of Narnia. And I believe that C.S. Lewis was inspired. Aslan, the Lion of Judah, is on the move. And it's our job to press in and find out what that is and partner with that. So there's a couple of ways that I highlighted that we can press in and gain that kingdom perspective and bring it to earth. The first one is to pray. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18, rejoice in the Lord always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. We sometimes relegate prayer to the last option. Well, all I can do now is pray. No, it's the first option. Yeah? Yeah? Let's look at what prayer does. Let's go to Daniel. Daniel is an excellent um, book if you want to look at the power of prayer and what, what happens when you pray. Daniel 9, and I'm going to skip around. I'm going to 1 through 3, 15 through 19, verse 22. Okay, so in the first year of Darius, the son of Ahasuerus of Median descent, who was made king over the kingdoms of the Chaldeans, in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, observed in the book of Numbers... 
in the books, the numbers of years, which was revealed as the word of the Lord to Jeremiah the prophet for the completion of the desolation of Jerusalem, namely 70 years. So I gave my attention to the Lord God to seek him by prayer and supplication with fasting, sackcloth, and ashes. If you continue reading, Daniel actually gives a really, really great um, view or, or example of, of how to pray, right? He's repenting for the people. He's repenting for himself. He's praising God. He's giving him glory, right? He's got, there's a really good model here if you keep reading, but I'm going to skip to 15. And now, O Lord, our God, who have brought your people out of the land of Egypt with a mighty hand and have made a name for yourself, as it is this day, we have sinned, we've been wicked. O Lord, in accordance with all your righteous acts, let your anger and your wrath turn away from your city, Jerusalem. Verse 18, O my God, incline your ear and hear, open your eyes and see our desolations and the city which is called by your name, for we are not presenting our supplications before you on account of our merits, but on the account of your great compassion. O Lord, hear. O Lord, forgive. O Lord, listen. Take action for your name's sake. Do not delay, because your city and your people are called by your name. He's saying, God, I'm not asking you because I'm so good. I'm asking you because you're so good. We're called by your name. I know who I am. Now, while I was speaking and praying and confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel and presenting my supplication before the Lord my God on behalf of the holy mountain of my God, while I was speaking in prayer, then the man Gabriel, whom I'd seen in the vision previously came to me in my extreme weariness about the time of evening offering, and he gave me instruction and talked with me. When we pray, we focus our mind on receiving instruction from God. This is not, I mean, it can be instruction on, hey, I want you to get up early and pray, or hey, I want you to you know, wear your yellow shirt today, right? But I'm talking about, like, instruction for big things. There was a man named Reese Howell, R. Howells, R-E-E-S, Howells, H-O-W-E-L-L-S, Google him. He committed, he was committed that the whole world should hear of God. And he was he was from the U or from England, and he was going or Wales, I believe. He was going to see that fulfilled, and then World War II broke out, and so he committed himself to praying and being an intercessor. And God gave him strategies. The um, when Hitler decided he was going to overtake England, he should have been able to do it in a matter of hours. Winston Churchill said, "Never before had so few in the sky." maintain such control because Reese Howells and his students at, at their, I forget what it was called, the Bible College of Wales, they started praying and God gave um, instructions that actually affected the outcome of the war. Um, I don't know if I said this prior, but it is, there are stories of George Washington that during the Revolutionary War, George Washington would be seen praying in the woods and he would be seen with angels who were giving him strategy. 
When we pray, God unleashes instructions to us that affect now. This isn't hypothetical. This isn't mythological. This is real. Daniel 10. I'm going to skip around, starting in verse 2. In those days, I, Daniel, had been mourning for three weeks. I did not eat any tasty food, nor did meat or wine enter my mouth, nor did I use any ointment at all until the entire three weeks were complete. On the 24th day of the first month, while I was by the bank of the great river, that is the Tigris, I lifted up my eyes and looked, and behold, there was a certain man dressed in linen, whose waist was girded with a belt of pure gold. Verse 10, then behold, a hand touched me and set me trembling on my hands and knees. He said to me, O Daniel, man of high esteem, understand the words that I'm about to tell you and stand upright, for I have now been sent to you. And when he had spoken the word to me, I stood trembling. Then he said, do not be afraid, Daniel, from, for from the first day that you set your heart on understanding this and on humbling yourself before God, your words were heard. And I have come in response to your words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia was withstanding me for 21 days. Then behold, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me. For I had been left there with the kings of Persia. Now I have come to give you an understanding of what will happen to your people in the latter days. For the the vision pertains to the days yet future. Again, God gave understanding. But what I want you to notice is that when Daniel prayed, it caused a response from the angelic. When you pray and partner with the word of God, you cause a response from the angelic. God dispatches angels to come and war on your behalf. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We don't. We don't, we don't, we don't. Anybody had to remind yourself of that the last couple of weeks? Oh, heck, since March. We don't wrestle against Facebook statuses. We wrestle against principalities and powers. That's found in Ephesians. And when we pray, and when we pray in line with the word of God, God dispatches angels to war on our behalf. Now, I'm going to take another side note here real quick. A couple, I don't know, a couple months ago, there was a word that came forth about being unoffendable. I don't remember if... I don't remember if it was here. Sometimes, y'all, like, the, I listen to so much that I can't ever remember where it came from. It might actually been a word Melissa had about the tsunami. Was it, we actually, that's where it was. We were in, we were watching church on the internet from North Carolina. Melissa preached a word about the tsunami and she said it was important to be unoffendable. We have to take that posture for Prayers to be effective. Let me give you a scripture, Mark 11, 23 through 25. Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that which he says is going to happen, it will be granted to him. 
Therefore, I say to you, all things for which you pray and ask, believing that you have received them, they will be granted to you. Okay? We know those verses. We hear them spoken a lot. The next verse, though, right after that says, Whenever you stand praying, forgive if you have anything against anyone, so that your Father who is in heaven will also forgive your transgressions. That's the next part. You want to move mountains? You can't afford to have any thought in your mind that you're dwelling on that doesn't line up with him, that isn't his. That's a challenge for me. That's where I've been. Do you know that the enemy whispers, but just like dad was talking last week, you don't have to think about it. You don't have to dwell on it. You don't have to let it live there. You can't afford to think any thoughts about another person that don't come from the heart of God. Whoa, is that challenging to anybody? That's challenging to me, especially when I'm driving. Not going to lie. Lord Jesus, have a fiber gas cuddle, please. We can't afford to have any thought about us that isn't his. Oh, there's another challenge. If we want to gain kingdom perspective and see it function on earth, we have to think God's thoughts. So that's prayer. What did I do? Was that like 10 minutes? I was trying. Okay. There's another key. There's more keys. There's so many keys. There's so many ways to bring his kingdom to the earth. But these are the two he highlighted. The second one is worship. We gain kingdom perspective. We bring heaven to earth in worship. Did you feel it this morning? Yes. Worship brings the glory of God. And I don't know about you, but you, I can't stand in the glory of God and not be changed. Second Chronicles 5, 11 through 14. When the priests came forth from the holy place... All of the priests who were present had sanctified themselves without regard for division. And all the Levitical singers, uh, a couple of names, and their sons and kinsmen clothed in fine linen with cymbals, harps, and lyres standing east of the altar. And with them, 120 priests blowing trumpets in unison when the trumpeters and the singers were to make themselves heard with one voice to praise and to glorify the Lord. And when they lifted up their voice, accompanied by trumpets, cymbals, and instruments of music, and when they praised the Lord, saying, He indeed is good, for his loving kindness is everlasting, then the house, the house of the Lord, was filled with a cloud, so that the priests could not stand to minister because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord filled house. When we set our heart to worship, the glory fills our house. Isaiah knew that. He was in the presence of God and he was ruined. Y'all, I'm finding myself there. I'm finding that when I am not in the presence of God, nothing is right. Nothing is right. The glory of the Lord filled the temple because the People praised him. In in the book Brazen, Sean Foy had a vision. It, at the call 17 years ago, 20 years ago, when he was 17 years old, 
And he saw God holding the world in his hands. And he saw flames of worship popping up on this earth. And as the incense, as the smell of worship reached the nostrils of God, he blew, he started to blow on those flames and they caught. Our worship catches the attention of God. And he blows on it. And it grows. And like a fire with oxygen, you can't stop it. You can't stop it. Worship reminds us who and whose we are. Worship helps us declare truth. <laughs> holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. I told uh, Russell the other day, we sang a, a song, um, we, some of the Delirious songs from 20 years ago. And I said, Martin Smith and Delirious were prophets. They would sing, open up the doors, let the music play, let the streets resound with singing. Songs that bring your hope, songs that bring your joy, dancers who dance upon injustice. 20 years ago, they started prophesying it. And you know what's happening now? The church doors are open. And they're singing in the streets because you're not allowed to do it in a building. The dancers are dancing upon the injustice that is happening in our nation. It's now. It's happening. Worship also gives us strategies for war. My One of my favorite all-time Bible stories, and I don't know if it's because it was like, one of those super book kid church cartoons from when I was a kid, or if I just heard it so many times, but it's found in Second Chronicles 20. You can read the whole thing. Basically, Judah gets invaded. And Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court, and he said, O oh Lord, the God of our fathers, are you not God over the heavens? Are you not ruler over all the kingdoms and the nations? Power and might are in your hand so that no one can stand against you. That's true. Did you not, O oh God, drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and give it to the descendants of Abraham, your friend forever? They have lived in it and have built you a sanctuary there for your name. Down in verse 14. Then in the midst of the assembly, the spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah. And he said, listen, all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem and King Jehoshaphat. Thus says the Lord to you, do not fear or be dismayed because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. I want you to notice that God's booming voice didn't come down and say, don't be afraid. He used a man that was in their midst. And I don't know, maybe this guy, did, did you say that, God? Is that you? Did that sound like you? I don't know. I don't want to miss it. I don't want No, he just said, God says the battle is his. 
Sometimes you're going to have to open your mouth because God's going to give you instruction and you have to let it out. You have to tell whoever it is, don't worry, it's going to be okay. I think we should do this way. That's called a word of wisdom. We have access to that as believers. Tomorrow, go down against them and they will come up by ascent, by the ascentances, and you will find them at the end of the valley in front of the wilderness of Jerel. So God said, this is where they're at. You need not fight this battle, but station yourself, stand and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf. Listen, they didn't have to war, but they had to go out and they had to stand. They actually had to move. Anybody? Now you're all going to think I'm weird. When you get the baptism of the Holy Spirit and you want to speak in other tongues and you like expect God to just start moving your lips. Uh-uh. Got to use your mouth. Got to use your lips. You got to start talking and let God fill it. Yeah. You just have to stand up in faith and go out. They had to go out. They didn't like, we're just going to sit here. No, they had to be participants in the promise. Verse 20, they rose early in the morning and went out into the wilderness. And when they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Listen to me, O Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem. Put your trust in the Lord your God and you will be established. Put your trust in his prophets and succeed. When he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who sang to the Lord and those who praised him in holy attire. And they went out before the army and said, Give thanks to the Lord for his loving kindness is everlasting. When they began singing and praising the Lord, set ambushes, Oh, when they began singing and praising, the Lord set ambushes against the son of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah. So they were routed. For the sons of Ammon and Moab rose up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir, destroying them completely. And when they had finished with the inhabitants of Seir, they helped destroy one another. They only had to worship. They didn't have to Stab anybody, get the arrows, get the spears. They only had to worship. My constant, constant beat of my heart, the constant word of the Lord in my spirit is worship. Are you happy? Great. Worship. Are you sad? Great. Worship. Are you angry? Do you not know what you are? That was me yesterday. I was like, I got to go fold laundry. I fold laundry when I'm overwhelmed. Weird, I know, but I do. I gotta go full laundry and I gotta put my worship music on and I just have to worship because he's the only one who's good. He's the only one who knows. He has the reality. When we worship, we grab hold of that reality and we pull it into earth. Your kingdom come. Psalm 144.1 Blessed be the Lord, my rock, who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. Y'all, we're in a battle for the hearts and the souls of our nation. And for the world, right? Blessed be the Lord, my rock, who trains my hands for war. Do you know where the training ground is? Worship. When Matt and I preached last time, we talked about in 2 Timothy. 
And the scripture struck me. And I might have to sing the Bible song to help me find Timothy. I know. I'm glad no tease. There they are, there they are. Second Timothy 3, difficult times will come. But realize this, in the last days, difficult times will come. For men will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, revilers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unlovable, irreconcilable, malicious gossips without self-control, brutal, haters of good. Sound familiar? Treacherous, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Verse 5, holding to a form of godliness, though they have denied its power. This is the church right now, y'all. We're holding to this form of godliness. We're coming in, we're worshiping, we're listening to our sermon, and then we're leaving. We're not carrying this attitude of prayer. We're not carrying this attitude of worship. We're not committed to see his kingdom come. We're not walking in power. Second Timothy makes it very clear that power, the power of the cross, is an integral part of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We are meant to be like Jesus. He said, greater things than these will you do. Have you have you been through Acts? Have you been through the um, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John? All of the things that Jesus did, raising the dead? Greater things. Luke quotes Isaiah, or Jesus in Luke quotes Isaiah, saying, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim the release to the captives and the recovery of the sight to the blind, to set free those who are oppressed and to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. This is our mandate. The church has to say yes and amen to the promise, to the mandate of God. And get that kingdom perspective and bring it on earth. I can't, y'all. I can't. I am so overcome with this mandate. I don't even know what to do with myself. And it's not going to look all the same. Okay? I am what my husband describes as a super extrovert. Shocker. I know you're all shocked. I will just... Walk up to somebody and say, hey, can I pray for you? I have probably been removed from a doctor's office waiting room when it was taking a long time and I was inciting a riot in the waiting room. <laughs> I am a super extrovert. I will talk to anyone. I will pray for anyone. It doesn't have to look like me. But it has to look like something. Isaiah said, I'm ruined. And God said, you're not ruined. You're just cleansed. Now, can I send you? And he said, yeah, send me. I know this is a lot, and it just kind of came fast. 
But with the core of my being, I feel like we are on the cusp of a great move of God. The government is on his shoulders. The hearts of kings are in his hand. You know, some other song lyrics I've been declaring. The nations rage. The earth is groaning for you to move across this land. Jesus, move across this land. But y'all, it's not going to come, and it could come, in great visions of Jesus. He does do that. But the move across this land is going to come when our hearts so burn within us that we bring his presence because it lives in us. We bring it and we affect change where we're at and where we're planted. He wants to move us and we have got to be, or he wants to use us and we have got to be a part of this move. When the spies went into the promised land, Joshua and Caleb was like, yep, we're like, yep, we can take these guys. And the ten spies were like, no way. They're scary. And the people who believed the ten, they didn't get to be a part of it. But Joshua and Caleb got to see the promise because they believed. We have to believe. We have to be a part of this move. Now is not the time to be complacent and get left behind. We have to expect miracles. Guys, I got to pray at my job. One of the the gals who works there's moms had colon cancer. And um, I was out walking. Scale's mom was uh, had been taking some treatment. She had to stop some of the treatment. And she was going to get her follow-up tests. And, and um, she said, I, I think it's still there. I don't think it's gone. I, it, I think it's still there. I don't think this treatment has worked. I just don't feel good about this. So I was out walking at lunch. And God said, oh, hello. You want to pray for <laughs> Oh, yeah, I can do that. Sometimes you need a little reminder. So I just caught this gal alone in the office, kind of rare. God just made a way. He told me to do it, and then he made a way. And I said, hey, you mind if I just pray for you? Pray for your mom? We just pray that all the tests come back normal, that all cancer is gone, and that her body functions as it was created in the garden. So uh, she said, yeah, and we prayed. And at the end of the week, she got the report. Colonoscopy was clean. There's no sign of cancer. Her scans were clean. There's no, there's no sign of cancer. She said, well, she still has a blood clot. I looked up right at the ceiling right then and there, and I said, take care of that too, God. I expect to hear that it's gone. We have to expect miracles. We are a church that is designed to walk in power. The first step is just to come into agreement with it. Yeah, God. I agree. I don't know what it looks like for me. I don't know how it's going to come. But yeah, here am I. Use me. Don't leave here today if you are sick. We 
we're going to pray for you, and we are going to expect healing. Don't leave here today. If you're struggling mentally, don't leave. Come up here. Let us pray. Turn to somebody, because any one of you can pray too. Turn to somebody and say, I just need to get my head on straight. It is incumbent for us to walk in power and love. Revival isn't far off. It's not. It's here. It's now. It's in you. And it's in me. Hear about the infection rate of COVID? Let's talk about the infection rate of the Spirit of God. Let's make that so infectious that I walk into a room and I knock everybody out with his power. And they all have an experience with Jesus Christ. And they come to know him as Lord and Savior. Why? Because he's so good. He's so good. And his ways are good. And his plan for you is good. And you can be more than you ever thought. Because you can walk in the same spirit and raise people from the dead. And walk in victory. As we close, I have a song that I just want us to sing. We'll put up the lyrics. It's a Carrie Job song. I uh, stole the title for my sermon from the song. Let the church say amen. We're going to sing it. Align your heart with God. And say yes and amen to all that he has for you.